Yes, Kristen. <laughs> First they came for Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And we said, yeah. <laughs> we said, huh, huh. that's interesting. <laughs> then they came for Idris Elba, and we said, hold on. Yep, we did. <laughs> Womenology podcast in the time of COVID. <laughs> yep. I hope, on a serious note, before we get into this, I, I really hope everyone's doing okay. This is an unprecedented, crazy time, and it's just not healthy for people to be holed up in their apartments. And so people with depression and anxiety and really just any kind of mental illness, but really anybody, you know, my, th my thoughts are with you. This is a, oh, this is just a terrible, terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. it is so how are you doing how am i doing i, I was i had uh, food poisoning last week which scared me right. because i thought oh my god i'm um this is this is um, i've contracted something right and that slowly worked itself out of my system but it took it, it took about four days yeah. four or five days like i still had the nausea and everything um i i think i wrote this to you on facebook don came over on saturday night for pizza and wine and he showed up with a bottle of wine and we were going to order pizza and when I say the minute he got here I crawled under the covers because I was starting to get sick again yeah and so we put on that movie that you mentioned you posted something on Facebook from BuzzFeed mm, it was yeah. about that Netflix movie Lost Girls mm -hmm. about it was part of a listicle yeah yeah it was it's a movie about the Long Island serial killer and I have to say that I fell asleep after about 20 minutes yeah well that's understandable <laughs> uh, no, and i don't even think it was because of being sick i thought that movie was so awful <laughs> i have dark seen it. <laughs> yeah it's and there's a massive plot twist mm. to that whole story and you know this is a story about the the sex workers that were murdered and they've never you know they found their bodies lined up buried yeah uh, off in a beach in long island it's based on a book, right? I believe so. I believe it's called Lost Girls, yes. Yeah. And uh, this story falls around a woman named Mary Gilbert, and her daughter, Shannon Gilbert, was one of the victims. But massive plot twist, it turns out Mary Gilbert, the mother, was murdered a couple years later by her daughter. Hmm. Okay. No need to watch that. <laughs> no need to watch that. But no, that's not even covered in the movie. Okay. It's not even mentioned in sort of the epilogue. Interesting. And yeah, it was very, very terrible. It was a terrible thing. So yeah, um, business-wise, I'm you know in a bit of a panic. Yeah. Because this week is, yeah, it's... I have never been more grateful for the dog walking than I am now. Yeah. You it know, is so interesting to see how people are adjusting. I mean, there obviously are some businesses that, you know, just have to be closed, like my dentist. I get that. Mm -hmm. But um, my hair salon is pivoting to like, oh, how about how about we start an e-commerce thing? And, you know, hopefully they'll get by because I don't know how long we're going to do this. Yeah, I don't I don't know how long. I don't know how long people are going to, how are people going to, going to survive? I mean, this is. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, to, it, to really, to do what it would take to flatten the curve, I think is really impractical in America because so, so few people have paid leave. But also I sent you that, that video of Carl Schurz Park. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody was concerned with flattening the curve. There had to be a couple hundred people. And <laughs> yeah, I just too. feel, I feel as though, I don't know if it's that New Yorkers feel impervious and we feel superhuman, or if we don't give, have any fucks to give for anybody but ourselves. I don't know. But I think it's a combination of um, no fucks to give, feeling impervious. And also there's just been a lot of misinformation Yes. Um, combined with the fact that we we don't know a ton of, 
about the virus. Like we, the little we do know has been sort of communicated to us in a in a very ineffective <sighs> way. Hodgepodge, <laughs> and and I think people are conflating two issues. People yeah. are conflating contracting coron- the coronavirus, right? And they think that this whole shelter in place shutdown is to prevent everybody from contracting this disease because it's lethal or because we don't have a vaccine and we don't know what's going to happen. While it is certainly lethal for certain people. Yeah. Actually, there was a news story today that said it's more lethal to men. So there's that. (laughs) That, That's as of uh, Thursday. So that that may be disproven by the end of the week. Right. I'm trying not to take a just a tiny bit of glee in that. <laughs> um, the fear isn't that we're all going to contract it, but that right. we're all going we to contract are. it. We, we are, are going, going to we have it. to. We have to be exposed to it right? in order to develop herd mu- immunity. The fear is co- having people contracted all, or having places contracted all at the same time yeah. and crippling the medical facilities. Yeah. I think people we, understand that now but i think I don't that know. we i think the i think the, here's here's what i think it is i think that everyone understands that on a on a rational basis right however simultaneously everyone also assumes well if i if i go out i'll be the only one and we're not doing i mean we're we're just not being um it's not it's not enforceable i guess is the right way of saying this right like right. we don't we don't have police wandering the streets issuing tickets <laughs> like they do in italy um because again they're just like we're not going to achieve that level of shutdown ever mm-hmm. unless we want to just completely collapse society <laughs> Yeah, and that's my that's my second fear. And you know, here in New York, we have De Blasio, and he's and it's almost like a parent threatening the kids. And I feel yeah. like that's what the shutdown was. You know, people weren't paying attention, and they were you know mingling in parks and 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 going to bars and, and bragging yeah. about it. And so De Blasio decided, okay, well, uh, now I'm going to punish you. Now I'm going to shut down all the bars, and people were still thumbing their nose at him and so now he's talking the shelter in place and cuomo saying no we're not going to do that (laughs) we're not going to be doing that well i mean if yeah if but but (laughs) if you don't do it then you know what's going to happen if you don't do it you know what's going to happen i think we're kind of we're already basically doing it you know, there's, I don't see the difference. Well, how are you going to, you can't force people, if you're going to keep stores open right, and allow people to go to stores, well, what's, how's that any different? Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's what I mean. That's, that's kind of the whole problem is that we, we really can't get to a place where only supermarkets and pharmacies are open because that's so many people out of work. And for it to be effective, it would take so long. Right. I'm not sure right. how long Italy has been. How many days do they have under their belt? It's been at least a week, right? I would say like 10 days. Yeah. And it just takes so long to get data mm-hmm. that, I mean, yeah, for this to really be effective, it's it's going to be at least a month, right? I would say so, but the, uh, we can't, at least New York City, I don't know anybody that could... We won't survive that. Nobody will survive that. Right. Yeah. Italy you know, might be able to. It seems like they're doing it, right? They have a they have a social safety net in place. Hmm. And and they're enforcing it. And those are the differences, I think, is that it's it becomes enforceable when you know that you know, people's livelihoods aren't at stake. Right. Right. I don't I, I just don't see it lasting here longer than another week interesting i i don't i, don't, I think we're gonna go through a couple cycles of it probably what do you mean like they'll open and they'll close and they'll open and they'll close yeah i don't i don't know i i my part of me thinks 
we just need to say fuck it. And I know that sounds irresponsible, but nobody's listening. No one's pay- I mean, a lot of people are listening. I shouldn't say nobody. Right. But I think what we need to do is ramp up on the things that we need to prevent a a shut like a shutdown of medical facilities and an impairment of um, health care for those who need it. Focus right. on that and not on containment so much because I just don't think we're going to contain this. It does not appear so at this point in time. <laughs> We it seems like may. we started making efforts about four days too late. And then yeah, we, the efforts that we made were too little too late. Right. I mean, like we, you know, we, we should have known that the, like you, we should have gone right to, okay, everything's closed, right? Except for grocery stores, pharmacies, maybe it, some that, That's stores. really how we should have just done it. It should have just right. been. Bars should have just closed. It shouldn't have been this like nine o'clock curfew thing right it wasn't even that here okay you know and the the biggest i think the biggest concern was the schools sure we saw a lot of these kids this is the only place where they get they get food right you know it's it it, it's not a simple decision (laughs) there's so much involved but i feel like if we had done shelter in place maybe two weeks ago right we would be back to normal life now Well, I mean, we're not we're not going to know if we're this is working <laughs> for a little while. Um, I do get the sense that, you know, people are already kind of losing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Lo- I losing myself it. am not doing great. Um, yeah. I've... Uh, uh, go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. I'm uh, as I said earlier, if I didn't have the dogs. Yeah. And have that excuse to go out and exercise. My gym's closed. Everything's right. closed. You know, all I can worry about is money. Right. And getting my rent paid. And right. And getting sick. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say, I never get sick. I really do never get sick. I don't get sick very often either. Um, you know, but I know so that I, I'm not immune to this, you know. Right. I'm, I know I'm not immune to it. I'm not afraid if I contract it because I feel very healthy. I'm very lucky. I have always had a good immune system. Doctors have told me that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about contracting it. I'm more worried about paying my bills. Yeah. And I can't imagine if I was, say, a single mother with kids. I know. Yeah. The Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I've thought on numerous occasions the only thing that – could make this more unpleasant is children <laughs> yeah yeah um okay. although my cats have not been great <laughs> i i'm done with them if my cat bursts through a door like the kool-aid man one more time <laughs> i'm done yeah i'm iggy just he's the smartest he really is so smart but when he wants something, he will not stop. I was doing a, I was Skyping with Don last night and just every couple of minutes you'd hear a cr- something would crash to the floor uh-huh. and then something else would crash to the floor. Yeah. And he, what is that? I said, Iggy's hungry. <laughs> he was just going on the shelves and pushing stuff off the shelves. Except, is he though? Because my cats, I think, are confused because my husband and I are now home all the time and previously that signaled food time mm-hmm. and now they're I think thinking all the time is food time my cats are gonna gain 10 pounds yeah <laughs> through this yeah I don't know all right let's get to but the- hey at least we don't have children my heart heart goes out to parents who are homeschooling my heart absolutely goes out and god bless you all God, oh my God! God bless all of you for t- having to take care of your kids. I am very interested in what is going to happen with like the SAT, and I mean even just like finals week. I mean, um, some schools aren't even going to open up again until September. Uh oh yes, is that has that been established? Some schools won't. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think that they're, they'll never do that here. They'll never do that here. I. Yeah, I don't know what Maryland will do. We also we got a similar um, scolding by Governor Hogan today. 
or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. What is time anymore? What is time anymore? <laughs> Speaking of times, get it? Yeah. I sent you this article that I found on Twitter. You and did. It was an article that came out in the New York Times yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the article is the article was called the accusations were lies but could we prove it and it's written by a woman named sarah Varen. Mm-hmm. i'm going to post a link in the show notes but the gist of this is that one night these postings started appearing on reddit yes and they were claiming to be from one of the students these are two professors Mm -hmm. two women they're married they have kids and someone came onto reddit making accusations of sexual misconduct towards the author's wife Mm -hmm. and the author could had no be had no idea where these were coming from because the they were saying things that were just factually untrue and and the and the two women knew it right you know, oh, which she would invite us over. She would have grad students at their house and offer us wine and she'd make sexual distance. And the, the author said, the, my wife never drinks wine. Right. You know, we barely ever have students over and nobody ever goes into the bedrooms and our children are there. And so it, there was never a concern really by the author that her that her wife was acting inappropriately. Yeah, which is nice. Right. It's refreshing. And over time, soon, the dean of students starts getting, catches wind of this and starts getting emails. And of course, they're all from sort of anonymous names. Rebecca James, Jessica P. Newman. I mean, mean, Alfred (laughs) E. Newman. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And it's important to note that the author's wife was up for a big up, was was the author help me understand it because you understand this more than I do was it the author that was up for the job because there was uh, some sort of spousal uh, there's a benefit for spouses of professors of tenured professors um, can you explain that aspect? yeah it's not it's not ever in in like the benefit handbooks but it's definitely a thing that if if uh if you have a married couple of two professors if one of you gets a job um a lot of the time the university will find something for your spouse to do huh so there the author i believe was they're both they were both up for jobs is that it well the so the author um had applied to a job at michigan the university of Mm -hmm. michigan in their English department. And um, for those who don't know, uh, it's very hard to get a job. <laughs> it, well, it's very hard to get a job um, as a professor. It's it's also even a little bit harder to get a job as an English professor. Um, she's But she's coming out of a very um, prestigious program, which was Iowa. So I mean, if anyone is going to get a job as an English professor, it's this lady. Um, so I'm I'm sure that she was a solid candidate. Um, so she was, yeah, she was up for a job in the writing department. And her wife, Marta, um, was also within the field of English. Um but she hadn't, I, I, as I recall, she hadn't even applied for anything yet, right? It was just sort of like the university was um, stalling and hiring Sarah because they were investigating Marta. Is that right? Um, let's see. That night after the girls fell asleep, Marta and I crawled into bed and pulled out our phones to reread the email she received. The anonymous sender wanted her to be aware that someone was posting about her on the message board Reddit. The email included a screenshot of the first post, which came from a person claiming to be part of a sexual harassment case against Marta. If you, like me, have been harassed by Dr. Marta, please contact the anonymous email line with ASU's Title Title 9? Yeah. 
office. I almost screwed that one up. I haven't been in math and fits in quite some time. <laughs> the person wrote on the subreddit for our university, Arizona State University. Ten minutes later, another post had gone up ostensibly from someone else. I attended a party at Marta's house one night where she got several graduate students drunk, then asked me to her bedroom. When I tried to leave, she inappropriately touched me and dropped, and I dropped her as my graduate advisor. Yeah. I turned to look at Marta. She was staring at her phone. I reached out to touch her hip. This isn't spam, I finally said, because originally she thought the email was spam. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was last year, the year I turned 40, and in the span of four weeks in January and February, flew to four different states to interview for jobs at universities and colleges in, in places besides Arizona. Um, I, I should note um, here <laughs> that, that that very first Reddit post should give anyone pause right because if you you can't just drop your graduate advisor and get a new one it's it's like this whole there would be more to say <laughs> about right. that about that whole process mm -hmm. um so yeah that that alone should should have made some people take pause but mm -hmm. but as we um learn later in the article melanie the title nine coordinator takes all investigations very seriously very seriously so. so the author says my dream job was at the university of michigan they were looking for someone to help develop a potential creative nonfiction concentration mm -hmm. which houses one of the best creative writing programs in the country the faculty members i met were smart and kind and the students bright and assertive and then there was the town itself small pretty and filled with great public schools um you know, she goes on to say how it was a great place where they wanted to bring their kids and da 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 right. da da. And she mentions that her wife, Marta, uh, was a Spaniard who grew up in the suburbs of Madrid soon after the death of Franco and later lived in London. What she liked about me, she said, was my independence and the fact I'm generous even when I get mad. Okay. So this investigation kicks off and at the time the author is interviewing for a job right at U university of michigan mm -hmm. and she's not the only one interviewing for this job as it turns out <laughs> there are a few yeah. other people there are a few other people <laughs> that strikes me as really funny because again if if you know anything about this you'll know that for any uh posting there are hundreds of applicants <laughs> Right. Hundreds. <laughs> so uh, let's see. The first two Reddit posts about Martyr were quickly taken down, but I kept checking the site all weekend. One more went up on Saturday and another on Monday morning. The first complained about the previous posts being deleted. Its author wrote, lesbian professors too are capable of harassing students despite common narratives. Mm -hmm. But it was the second post that scared me. Hi y'all, it read. I'm looking for advice. My linguistics professor has offered me wine several times in her office and acted inappropriately when I see her in various queer spaces in Tempe or Phoenix. The mention of wine in Marta's office reinforced what I already felt I knew, that the accus accusations were false. Marta almost never used her office. She met students at coffee shops or via Zoom, and she rarely drank wine yeah. or went to any queer spaces that I knew of. Yeah. Um, which I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny too, that she's never in her office, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you know, if you pause with that sentence, it becomes clear why, right? It's an abundance of caution. She's meeting in public places. Mm -hmm. She's meeting, you know, on zoom, which you can, I mean, recording is Record. the default, right? Mm. Um, so she's obviously taking precautions not to be accused of anything untoward right 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 so let's see marta uh, i mean so the author says after dropping off the girls on that monday morning i wrote to the department chair at michigan to check in he responded right away i understand and share the wish for expediency here he wrote regarding the posts i've been told the dean's hope wrap the hope to wrap this up by the end of the week mm-hmm doesn't that seem like an odd phrase, I asked Marta. No, she said, why? Wrap up indicates a problem being solved, I said. Uh, but the only good news was that Marta also received an email that morning from an associate dean at Michigan asking if she could talk the following day. It has to be about a job, I said. Or not, she said, but she was smiling this time. The next morning, I stood outside the door of Marta's study as she answered the associate dean's call. And 
if you know spoiler alert this phone call was not about offering her a job yeah <laughs> it was the she was being the the person calling wanted to know if she if marta was being investigated under a, a, a title nine investigation right and marta said no she's not and she promised her that she wasn't and she gets off the phone and she tells the author, she told me they had credible information that I'm under a Title IX investigation. Yeah. Which seemed to be Reddit posts, right? <laughs> right. Reddit posts. Reddit posts indicating that an anonymous person plans to open up a Title IX case. Right. And we should always take Reddit posts seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we found out that Marta was. We found out that Marta was under investigation later that day. The first accusation against her, we learned, had come in via ASU's anonymous reporting system at five twenty and twenty one a.m. on March fourteenth, almost two weeks before we knew anything about it. It was sent by someone calling herself Rebecca James, who said she was a graduate student at Marta's department. I've right. had two undergrads come to me and one fellow graduate student regarding regarding Dr. Marta Cabrero, Rebecca wrote. Dr. Cabrero has put these students in sexually compromising situations, inviting them to meet her in her office late at night when the building is mostly empty. She has offered to help their careers or grades and standing in the department in exchange for sexual favors. I mean, Jesus, how obvious is that? It's like a fucking 80s, you know, primetime soap. Yeah. Reading that email... I remember the year I arrived in Ira, blah, 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 blah. It's a very long article. <laughs> it's a really long article. You can article. tell this so, person is used to writing academic publications. Right. <laughs> so let's skip to the author's conversation uh-huh. with their friend. Yeah. So they, or, have, or they a, have a friend who's also on the job market. Who's also on the job market. Of and course. also just happens to be interested in the same job that the right. author is interested in yes and so he's he he mm-hmm. contacts her to see hey have you heard anything do you know any have there been any developments do you know what's going on and she says no you know it's driving me crazy he's like oh my god this is just you know so crazy but you know um how are you how, how are you all otherwise and she's like oh we're fine and you know we just if i hear anything i'll let you know she yeah. dismisses it well he also kind of says at this point It'd be great if you didn't take that job, right? <laughs> he was like, I, um, I, I would like that job. It, it'd be great if you would just be a pal and <laughs> not, not take, that take job. this once in a lifetime, literally, opportunity. job opportunity so that I could have it. Because <laughs> that's how things are done. Yeah. You know, if, and of course, he's going to go to a woman and he would never ask a man to do that. So um, I'm saying, I'm thinking we should just kind of fast forward this. Sure. So eventually the author makes the connection, the y'all. Mm-hmm. Because in the first post that went up on Reddit or the, the one of the subsequent earlier posts, it started off saying, hey, y'all, I'm wondering if you can tell me what, you know, like she needed, the, the person needed information about. Yeah. Um, her professor was harassing her and Which, she that's weird too because like if you have a title nine claim just make the claim you don't need to you don't need to crowdsource it you don't need to go right and that's always 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 a bad sign when someone crowdsources it before they're never going to do anything about it they aren't going to do anything about it they just want to talk about it on the internet right so as it turns out this person, this guy, was yeah, stalking these two women online, stalking their movements, knowing certain things that, you know, they had a, 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 a painting in their bedroom, probably because of a picture that yeah. one of them posted. And so in one of the letters that he writes about these accusations that I went to a party at their house and then after everybody left, professor so-and-so took me back to her bedroom to show me their new painting and her wife was lying on the bed topless and professor so-and-so wouldn't let me leave and made me put my hand on her breast and so these are all things that this guy found through social media and so once she put you know the call is coming from inside the house basically yeah and so she blocks this guy on social media 
which completely tips him off right that she's on to him because now he starts going on social media and doing the oh i'm having a really bad mental health time and my father's sick and then it starts with the stories about someone's obsessed with him and they've broken into his car and they've broken into his home and they've been writing him these emails his email got hacked his email got (laughs) hacked classic and and you know they this whoever this stalker person was uh was trolling uh somebody who was up for a job that he was up for right so basically he's totally makes sense Totally makes sense. That your stalker would harass someone else. <laughs> right. So he's building this defense because he knows what's coming. Yeah. And they finally nail him because they get, they, you know, they file a lawsuit. And part of the lawsuit is the emails from that were submitted by these, these uh, phantom students. Yeah. And they finally are able to track the phone number where one of the email, you know, he creates an email and you have to use your phone number to verify it. And that's where they get him. Right. Because he's been texting him and she looks at the number on the on the report and she's like, holy shit. She's like, I recognize that number. And she goes to her phone records and she gets the text and she says, that's his number. And they have him. Right. So they have him dead to rights. It's done. And they agree not, never to reveal his name. But somebody on Twitter found out who he was. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't uh, be that hard. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard, but... It's a small world, Jay. Right. (laughs) But it's just the idea. There's two things that creep me out, and this reminds me of... I remember a few years back... I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when someone came into the comments of Exo Jane and claimed that Connor Obst raped her? Yes. I do. Remember that? I do remember that. And it turned out to be a lie? Mm Mm-hmm. And he sued... And she admitted that it was a lie. And that really started making people, I, I think that really drew attention to how easy it is for people to like fuck with people's lives. Right. You know, in these online spaces. And so I thought of that, but I also thought of how, you know, this guy was watching everything they were doing on social media. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of every um, revenge porn anecdote i've ever heard yeah yeah and you know i don't know i don't know what happened to him like did he what happened here well the uh the author of this piece says that they chose not to spend any more money on it basically (laughs) um like through throughout the whole process of like discovering and proving who he was they'd already spent ten thousand dollars which right yeah um and you know they had they had the evidence in hand so they just decided not to pursue it but it's just the idea that here's this guy and he's terrorizing these two women and he's really really like he's so desperate for this job that he's willing to destroy yeah like scorch earth this woman's life yes and her marriage and her career for a job yeah i'm and then he's not at all surprised (laughs) yeah and that's the job market baby and then he turns around and he's talking to them like they're friends. Right. You know, the how duplicitous this guy was. Yeah. Well, he's, he's watched just enough true crime. <laughs> <laughs> but know- he's, not, he's not really a master of the genre. <laughs> no, no. It's just, it's crazy to me how this guy thought he would get away with that. You know, and well, it, let's, it was like was, a long con, wasn't it? It was. It was a you know, long con, and that's that's why I think he thought he would, you know, air quote get away with it because I I think all he was trying to do was disrupt the process and be such a such a cog that eventually the hiring committee at Michigan would just be like, oh, this is there's something we don't know what's going on with this candidate but there's some kind of baggage here we need to just move on because as i said there are literally hundreds of perfectly viable on paper right (laughs) candidates for any of these jobs Mm -hmm. and i think that's what he was trying to do i and i and i get it i mean like he's i have some stats for you if you're interested um 
One is um, that, so let's see, in 2007 to 8, the Modern Language Association, um, which that's that's who lists these jobs, they advertised uh, 1,826 jobs in English. By 2017-18, that number stood at 828, a drop of 55% in a decade. Mm. So they're, they're just are not jobs. I mm. When I was trying to find this article, I um, came upon another statistic, which I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but it says that 3% of um, doctoral candidates end up in a tenure track job. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just, I don't know. Google brought it up to me, but I mention it, although it may not be true, <laughs> because I, I feel like it is illustrative of the drought <laughs> situation yeah. that everyone is facing. So, I mean, I, I, I am not surprised at all that this happened, at least once that we know of. I am, I am more surprised that there aren't more tales of people trying to sabotage each other. Uh, I just, like I said... It's the idea of such a long con and how thought out this was. Not even so much thought out, but I, I think that he did the postings online to kind of, so that if they did any searches, yeah, exactly. they would come up with this stuff. Right. I mean, it's, right. in any case, I, I found it fascinating just because of how how your life can be disrupted so easily by somebody on the internet with a grudge who just wants to make shit up about you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, whew, I don't know, that sto- stories like that always creep me out. But it's a great, it's actually a gripping story if a little, a little too long. Yeah. But I thought it was great. We'll post it in the notes. <sighs> now. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of letters that... Uh, hold on to your butts because uh, I think mm. you're probably going to be as pissed off as, as we were <laughs> when we read when we read the first one I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up the first one okay. Kevin asks I have met 40 year old women who are tentative about kissing after dinner or drinks at my place on the second or third date they worry that passionate kissing might encourage sex they admit to previously sleeping with guys on first dates but are not like that anymore I figure I figure they are not very attracted to me, or are just being manipulative. Dinner whores. Wow! And that escalated quickly. That <laughs> escalated quickly. Either either way, they are using me. I have no problems courting an attractive, interested woman longer than three dates. All my girlfriends at least indicated strong interest by then. So I cut off these standoffish, reform sluts. <laughs> And <laughs> oh, oh, woo. got chilly in here. Sure what done. do you say? <laughs> a similar sentiment applies to first dates from the internet, where the, the with no good night kiss. Yet some of these women send a friendly text hoping for a second date. Do they expect me to audition for a chance at a real date? Please explain the epidemic of entitled women who expect courtship without affection or reciprocation. Mm. You could tell this is pre-quarantine. <laughs> Love in the age of COVID. Yeah. Well, this guy's got to love social distancing. (laughs) Yeah. Something tells me this guy's been social, social distanced his entire (laughs) life. (laughs) Um, So let's, can we talk about the going to someone's apartment? Sure. Thing. Now, I am not a fan of this. By no yeah. means does it mean that the woman is obligated to have sex or get physical in any way. You know, True. she can say no at any time. True. But what I always tell people is don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be uncomfortable. Right. And I, I need it to be made very clear that that's not victim blaming because these women are not victims of anything. Um. I, I think this is just more common sense. Don't, if if you know that going to someone's apartment usually leads to sex, especially for you, if that's been your history, don't do it. Don't put yourself in that situation. Now, now that we've got that minute aspect of the story out of the way, this guy 
obviously is one of those Redditors, incel types that thought, I'm going to write something in and be really shocking and use all these words and, oh, it's just, she's just going to get so upset when she responds or whatever. Um, but I also think that this is a real thing for him. I think he has no concept of how he comes across and what women pick up on when they're around him. Like, oh, I don't know. He's possibly a serial killer. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Not the serial killer thing, although we we don't know. But don't the, know. Um, the the fact that the dinner dinner or drink date at his place is not a minute detail. <laughs> Setting really matters. <laughs> it matters a lot. I'm listening. So I I think uh, men need to know that we're on to them when they propose a date at their place. Right. We know what that means. Right. So the fact that you have extended this offer and women are taking you up on the offer, but then not kissing you, it, it doesn't mean they're not interested or that they're manipulative. It means they are interested or they wouldn't be there. Right. But because they know the expectation, they're trying, to, I mean, they're trying to set boundaries. That's all this is. Right. Uh, it's not I, like they need dinner so badly. Right. That's what I said in the post. I said, they're not there for your delicious risotto and Netflix. They're I not mean, trying right? To, like, know? whoever heard of a dinner whore going to some guy's going house? Going to someone's house. A homemade bolognese. Like, right. You're Get not, the fuck over yourself. Are you a chef? Exactly. <laughs> dinner whore. <laughs> exactly. So the other thing he's sort of missing is that when... A woman opens up and says, you know, I've done this and it's led to sex and that hasn't worked out for me. He's completely blowing past the fact that these women are being vulnerable with him. Right. And they are opening themselves up to him and basically saying that, you know, they're afraid that they're going to be judged or that the guy just wants sex. And right. Well, (laughs) yeah, right. And I'm going to say, here's the thing. I'm going to say that if you're in a situation and you worry that someone is going to judge you, it's because you're sensing something about them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and in this case, it's that he's judging them. Right. It's that, and that's what I said. (laughs) That's what I said. When a woman opens up to you about her concerns regarding sex, she's being vulnerable. While that might not seem like a big deal to you, it is to many women. By telling you she slept with other men, quote unquote, too quickly or on the first date, she's setting herself up to be judged by men, well, like you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if they're going over there, uh, I will say, though, like after three dates, if they're, someone's not kissing you, they're not interested. Do you not agree I, with that? Well, I really would have to be a fly on the wall <laughs> of these dates. I I don't I don't know I what I would suspect is happening, um, just based on the inherent misogyny in the rest of the letter. Right. I suspect that this guy is acting normal for two dates. Second to third date, he pitches the "Hey, come to my place for a gourmet dinner." <laughs> And at that point, she's she's still interested because he, you know, he's been putting on his best face up to this point. Right. But in his mind, like, he's just really fixated on these mileposts of like, okay, third date, we need to be having sex. Or, or at the very least, passionately kissing. But like, it's it's probably that he's doing something during this date that's making them not want to kiss him, Right. Yeah, he's exactly. Probably, he's either coming on too strong or well, I don't I don't know what else it could be. Really. Or just being himself, basically. Right. Something <laughs> Yeah. Something is tripping the trigger for these women. Making it clear that he views this as transactional. That's right. that's not hot. Right, exactly. And you know, if this if this is something that happens to you with regularity, that's what we call a pattern. And when you notice a pattern, since you're the only common denominator, you have to look at your behavior. You have right. to look at, you have to consider the possibility that it's you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there just are so many um, little 
things in this letter that are fascinating. Like he uses the word admit when referring to other women. When referring oh, to women having sex good. with other they guys. They admit to previously sleeping right. with. They, now, the, uh, another phrase, to another way to say that is they tell me. Right. They don't tell him. They admit. Right. It's kind of like what you do when you interrogate a criminal. Well, right? or ad- admit tells me that like he's pressure. He's pre- he's pushing. He's prodding. Well, and he's got this uh, double standard in place where like women who have sex need to be ashamed and admit to it, right? Mm. He's got that Madonna whore thing happening. That's a great catch. I never caught that. That's Madonna dinner catch. whore. <laughs> Madonna dinner. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh oh! Wait a minute. Episode title. I think we just found a new episode title: Madonna Dinner Whore. (laughs) Oh, Sarah. (laughs) He's Uh, also very, very much on the lookout for being used. Which, like, again, like I, I don't know what you think you have to offer. Yeah, (laughs) I can't tell you how big of a turnoff it is. And I've said this before: if unless you don't drink. Or unless I say I don't drink, if you suggest coffee, I'm just gonna say it. You're you are testing me. Right. You don't want to. You you're not gonna. Oh, I, I'm not gonna spend more uh, too much money on this person until I know there's something invested. Right. You know. And I also want to warn women that a lot of times a lot of men will put the onus on the woman to choose the place. Yeah. Where they meet to see if she chooses someplace expensive. So. Right. Which is so arbitrary. I mean, well, sometimes it's not, but it's right. But it's just so typical of these whiny guys who feel like they've just been walked all over. And oh, my God, you know what? Do you know how many men out there shell out hundreds of dollars on a date? They don't get a second one. And they're like, eh, them's the brakes. Like all of them, probably. (laughs) You know, like most of them just kind of go, that's just, you know, and that's so... That's why they don't spend two hundred dollars on a date, but that's but they, right. that doesn't mean they only spend two, <laughs> right? Um, you know, to to further <laughs> pick <laughs> apart his linguistic choices, uh, do they expect me to audition for a chance at a real date? It, it seems to indicate that in his mind, a real date is one that includes sex, and that's it. Uh, uh, well, I think what he's saying is that wh- he thinks that when you meet someone for the first time off a dating app. That's not a real date, which is wrong. It's a date. Right. Uh, so he thinks, I think that's what he's saying. Maybe. And I do think that a lot of people don't consider that first meeting a date. It is a date and you should approach it as such. You are two people with potential romantic interests going out to get to know each other. Ergo, it's a date. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's what he's saying there. Not that I'm trying to defend him, but I, I see where he's coming from. Uh, but as far as the, do they expect me to audition for a chance at a real date? Meaning, do they expect you to um, like be a decent person before they decide whether or not they want to sleep with you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all that's dates dating. are an audition, right? That's I mean, dating, you yeah. fucking tool. That's dating. We're all auditioning. We're all interviewing. That's dating. Right. And I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say that I think this guy's conventionally attractive. I have no idea. I don't know. This, well, I, I will say that this guy's just an entitled douche. Hmm. Which is ironic he's since he's words because he thinks women are entitled. <laughs> right. So, uh, Kev, the problem here isn't the women. The problem is you. You suck. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And Good night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can we just can we add one more thing? Sure. Um, his 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 thing about calling women entitled and counting dates and like he, like he's obviously keeping score. Yeah. So Fine. maybe the sexy hot. Maybe the problem is <laughs> spitballing. We're you spitballing. are approaching dating adversarially as though it is a competition to be won and not just like getting to know each other and maybe you'll have sex maybe you won't 
Agreed, Sarah. That was a, <laughs> you, you're pointing out stuff that I didn't even pick up on, and I think that's great. Okay, well, that's it. Well done, you. Okay, moving on to the next letter. Okay. The next letter is from a woman named Elizabeth, mm-hmm. and she's writing in about her recent breakup. And she's talking about, this is a long letter, so I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just give you the gist of it. Okay. She's been going out with a guy for two years, and out of nowhere, he breaks up with her. And the reasons he give her make absolutely no sense. They're just sort of all over the place, and she can't really figure it out. So it was a messy breakup. It was a bad breakup. And about a week later, she caves, and she emails him because she assumes her number is blocked. And he responds with one sentence and nothing else. Right. And so she doesn't cont- him, contact him again after that. But a week later, he sends her a friend request on Facebook, which me, which tells me that they unfollowed each other. Yes. No surprise, because right. So that's sort of bad. like a a little baby step of maybe I'm willing to to revisit this. Yeah. So she leaves it pending for a few days, and she, uh, what does she say? She thinks about going over to his place, and uh, but she doesn't. Because she doesn't want to embarrass herself. They have a few email exchanges and they're very dark and depressing and angry. And she leaves it alone. And then one night she's coming home. And one night a few nights later, she comes home. She's coming home from an OkCupid date, which went really bad. And she sees a a message from him inviting her over to his place. Mm -hmm. So she goes over, blah, blah. Of course, they have sex. And she leaves. Oh, no, excuse me. They didn't have sex that first time. He kisses me towards the end and we cuddle for a little bit and just lay with each other but didn't have sex. I leave shortly after since it was already pretty late. I don't try contacting him at all afterwards and when he doesn't either, I figure, all right, that was that and just move on. But he does end up emailing me later that evening inviting me over to watch a movie. I end up going over there and we watch the movie but then we end up sleeping together. And it was really nice and intimate and loving and blah, blah, blah. And she, when she's leaving, the, leaving, he suggests that they go out again uh, the next day and there's no plan set in zone everything's up in the air and they email a couple of times throughout the next day and um, let's see and I get home before he emails saying maybe we can still do something in regards for tomorrow as I'm leaving his place he talks about hanging out the next day nothing set in stone no set time or place or anything but it was his idea and seemed like he wanted to we email a couple times throughout the day after I get home and before I go to bed, he emails saying, maybe we can do still do something in regards to tomorrow. I respond yes and go to bed. I wake up the next day, late, kind of had the feeling actually wasn't going to hear from him and I was right. Around 1 p.m., I email him, not anything in relation to our plans, but just to see if he'd even write back and he still if he still wanted to hang. He does a little while later, but canceling because of chores he needed to do, but also asks, can we try again tomorrow for a date, maybe dinner? Mm-hmm. And then she says should I even respond? If so, I don't know what to do because I was a little butthurt about him canceling, but I also know situations like this between exes takes time and patience. If there's any hope of possibly getting back together, what do I do in regards to answering this email? Okay. So Sarah, when we first covered this, Mm -hmm. we'll call it in one of the lost episodes, (laughs) (laughs) you very, very, um, I, I don't know what's the word adeptly maybe okay yeah okay <laughs> you oh, hit I the don't nail I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth <laughs> you you referred to this as he's trying to reboot the relationship which is right. exactly what he's doing right he's trying to reignite the relationship but without the obligation and the commitment yeah and he's he yeah he's basing it on a manipulative appeal to nostalgia. Remember right. how great it was when we first started right. dating? Exactly. And that's... We could have brunch again. Right. And we can come, we can come over and we can cuddle. And, and when he tries to make plans with her for that third time getting together, mm-hmm. my suspicion is he cancels because he feels like, okay, whoa, 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 I need to slow this down. I need to slow, slow my roll here. Right, because and we're I getting think back. he thinks it's. In, I think he thinks he's being clear about. Oh no, we're we're not having a relationship. We're just gonna have sex sometimes. 
Right, right. But he, yeah, I think he wants the trappings of a relationship, but he doesn't want the obligation. Right. Or the exclusivity. He wants to keep his one foot out the door at yes. all times. And the fact that his reasons for breaking up were so nonsensical and she couldn't make any sense of it. They just didn't, there was no cohesion to it and they didn't really, well, there was no logic to them. I don't know what to make of that, honestly. I We've only got one account of the breakup, but... right. I don't I don't know what to make of that. I mean, like how how was it nonsensical? <laughs> I think the reasons he gave just didn't apply to their relationship or maybe he was saying, you know, you're you're pressuring me to move in and she's thinking, but I've never done that. <laughs> you know, he couldn't give any examples and it was yeah, just But I I think it's more likely that he gave her reasons and she's calling them nonsensical because she just disagrees. Uh, okay. Okay. Because what I what I'm getting from this whole thing is like here's a woman who is in a really vulnerable position right now because clearly she is more invested in this than he is. Right. And he he's just taking advantage of that. Right. So, I mean, I I think when he tried to break up with her, it was probably just because, like, for him, this wasn't fun anymore. Either it was getting too serious or... He was feeling suffocated or he just... It just wasn't working for him anymore. And he wanted out, but he didn't want out of... He didn't want away from her. He just wanted out of the confines of the relationship. I... You know what? I think if he had the option (laughs) of getting away from her, I think he'd be fine with it. But the fact that she has left the door open, I think he doesn't have enough willpower to. Uh, to but hold this, on there. Right? He's, like He's just... the one that sent her the Facebook friend request. But that's after she reinitiated contact. Uh, okay, but if I. So I, I mean, I agree. He's definitely sending her mixed signals, but. She, I'm I'm going off the fact that she reinitiated contact, and the the picture that she's painted for me is that she was much more upset about it than he was. So I and she also says like I'm not I'm not strong about breakups and that she reached out to him first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's she's that's, definitely that's going. What I'm getting. She's going through withdrawal as we all do when there's a breakup and right. you're, you're, you're missing that person and you're missing the interaction and the communication. And he is taking advantage of that. Right. Because and I, he's I don't probably think probably rationalizing it as like, Oh, well, well she's we'll just like, this is the kind way to break up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think this is just him thinking this is, you know, he's the one making plans with her and inviting her over. Like he's really the one initiating a lot of this. Yeah. You know, I think he just wanted a relationship where he he didn't want to be somebody's boyfriend. Right. But I you know? I think we both agree that he's taking advantage in this situation because 100%. She's she's going to I think take whatever is on offer. Right. from him because she right. just is more invested than he is. Right. And she's going to probably sit on it and not say anything because she doesn't want to rock the boat and she doesn't yeah, but she. What I said is she needs to be prepared for when she does bring it up because he's going to hem and haw, right? And that's when she needs. Do not bring it up until you are ready to walk, because you've already kind of shown that he can step on you and you'll go back to him. Yeah, I kind of foresee these two rebooting and then dating again for another year. Right. <laughs> right. At which point it'll it'll be time to address the elephant in the room, which is right. like, are we serious or not? Yeah. And it, this is a yeah, it's going to happen again. And please fight the urge to be the cool girlfriend and to be breezy. <laughs> you don't want to be breezy in a situation like this, especially because she's delaying the grieving process. Right? right, like the relationship is over, and and she hasn't really addressed that. Instead, she has this, she has this sort of security blanket that she's holding on to, to keep her from having to, having to grieve the end of this relationship. Right, and delaying grief for anybody who's grieved, for anyone who who knows or understands the stages of grief, delaying it 
oftentimes makes the grief that much more intense. And so in the long run, she could end up doing some really possibly irreparable harm and damage to herself. Yeah, when they do finally break up, it's probably going to be pretty awful. It's going to be pretty awful. and But only for her? Right, only for her. And she's not really acknowledging that he's being selfish right now. Yeah. She's not acknowledging that, probably because she doesn't want to. It's really hard to come to terms with, like, as a relationship is ending, it's really hard to come to terms with being the person who was the only one to give a shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very hard realization to face. It is. Like, it's it's hard on a number of levels. It's hard emotionally, obviously, because it's very hurtful, but also it's like, like, where did that year go? Right. <laughs> how, right. How am I the only one invested? Just literally, how did this happen? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And this is... I just feel like he's taking advantage of her vulnerability. For sure. And that's not right. You know, one thing that I'm very glad about is that after Don ended things, there was a good few months before we spoke. Mm -hmm. And while we hung out one or two times, um, there were, we, we didn't, we didn't like just try to resume a friendship. Yeah. We waited like three or four months before we tried to do that. And so now I feel like I can talk to him and hang out with him. And I don't feel that pressure of like, well, what's going on here? And, um, you know, I don't feel like, oh, is he just trying to sleep with me? I don't feel any of that. Right. Like I can just focus on the friendship. Um, it's a little, there's a little bit of weirdness for me where I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm not like a little bit wondering like, huh, could there ever be, um, I, I have wondered that and I've just decided I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on just enjoying the friendship. Yeah. And I think. Which you're able to do because you, you took that space. But I, I think uh, in this letter, she's conflating that kind of space taking with what is happening in her life, which is rebooting. Right. But I'm also, able, I'm also able to do that because Don didn't try and um, backpedal and, and continue right. the sexual aspect of the relationship uh, despite right. not wanting, clearly not wanting to be in one. You know, he didn't say, well, you know where how I feel. You know that I'm not really looking for anything serious. So if you want to keep sleeping together, he didn't do that. And he could have done that. Sure. And he didn't. And that also makes it easier to have a platonic relationship with somebody. Right. This well, guy. It's, it's also easier to like him, right? Right. It's also <laughs> it's easier, easier to like him. It's easier to have a friendship when you can like someone. <laughs> right. And this guy it does not care about this woman's well-being. He doesn't no. care about her feelings. He's taking the sex because... They broke up, and he probably isn't ready to start dating again, going through all that bullshit, but he's got somebody on the ready that he can fall back into, literally, right. when he wants to, right? Like, and uh, he doesn't have to do the work with her. Right. It's I just, easy. I only see this ending disastrously, and I specifically see this ending with him uh, mid-reboot. Mid <laughs> Telling her finding... he's with somebody else. Well, yeah, he's going to find someone that he actually does want to try to have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And the letter writer here is going to be the crazy ex. Yep. Yep. That's where that's going to go. Because he doesn't understand how he's completely messing with her head. Right. So or he doesn't. He doesn't care. I'm not he doesn't, sure. He doesn't but... care. Right? We, don't, we don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm going for the latter. I think he does. And he doesn't care. And he's kind of thinking, well, she knows where I stand. So if she wants to keep having sex and she wants to keep hooking up, she knows where how, I stand and this isn't on me. How old are they? I, I, I think they were in their 30s. Oh, well, then, yeah, he knows. He knows. He's not <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Please, if he was in his 20s, he would know. 
So maybe. Um, look, you could Elizabeth, if you want to, it's understandable that you're going to want to stick it out. I would probably do the same thing. I wouldn't stick it out for long. Uh, I would. I really, really urge you to take some space and some distance because you need it. You need to. You need to remember what a dicky is because nobody breaks up out of the blue, right? That's not a thing. There were always signs you just ignored them. And yeah. I would. And he offered urge, explanations, but right, you I would urge them as nonsensical. But I would urge you to go back and remember all the shitty things he did because you know he did. Remember all the things that drove you crazy, because you—that's what you—you're—you're—you're you're, you're still ruminating. You're still in that place of oh, but we were so good together. Yeah. Well, you it's the—it's the reboot, right? It's, it's the, the nostalgia. <laughs> the reboot. It's like oh, now now all your relationship consists of is like brunch and then like going to the farmers market. But <laughs> remember when you lived together? <laughs> remember that time he had sex with you? And then told you he wanted to break up. <laughs> mm, Remember yeah. that time he had sex with you and told you he didn't want to be your boyfriend? Yep. That's where we're headed here. So I just think that this guy's being selfish. He's not considering your feelings. And that you are you are putting, you're trying to delay the inevitable, which is the grieving process. And I would strongly urge you to, uh, to, to start that process as soon as you can. Yeah. That's my advice. Without him. Because I'm yeah. telling you, he's not, not the one. There. He's not the one, and he's not going to be there when you're like in the fetal position, crying. He's not. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. So what a great way to end, Sarah. <laughs> Guys, follow us on Womanology Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Rate us five stars on iTunes. The Patreon is up. We have a bonus episode up there. Go Woo. to womanologypod.com and Patreon's in the nav link in the nav bar across the top. Sarah. Yeah. Anything? Final thoughts? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know. I thought I thought I was done. <laughs> don't reboot your relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's all fun and games while it's just brunch in the farmers market. <laughs> Perfect ending. Oh, Luca liked that. Luca loved that. <laughs> get it, girl. Luca, Luca, get him. Get him. <laughs> A little bit of a delayed response. (laughs) All right. Guys, be safe. Uh, Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Stay inside. Wash your hands. If you're sick, stay stay at home. Don't sneeze or cough on people. Sneeze in your arm. Hydrate, (laughs) hydrate, hydrate. You sneeze into your arm, the corner of your arm. Why are you laughing at me? I just, I mean, who are these people? Who are these people? All right. (laughs) Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.